Welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin, Paul Andrew Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you along with many players at Bengals training camp. Players are here. We can talk about players having their picture taken walking into a building with a mask on. Uh, we can't really say much else because we're not allowed in the building. But there's still a lot to talk about. How are we doing, Jay? Doing great. Yeah, we won't be allowed in the building for quite some time. Um, a couple of weeks till they yeah, start actual two, practices. Two weeks from today, I think it is. Yes, we'll be uh, we'll be on a platform in the bushes. <laughs> Until then, we will be on the bridge, maybe. Yeah, bridge we, time. We, fill the bridge. Hashtag <laughs> fill the bridge. The movement is back. Not since uh, not since McCarran guy made the sign and hung it over <laughs> the side of the bridge over the practice field has the bridge been more popular than it will be over the next couple of weeks. Do you enjoy wind sprints and walkthroughs? If you do, <laughs> the bridge is for you. Especially if it's in 90 degree heat. Oh man, concrete bridge next to next to bridge traffic watching dudes run wind sprints and like, you know, so you can watch Joe Burrow stand there and throw 15-yard outs. I mean, who wouldn't want to be on the bridge right now? <laughs> Trains and semis whizzing by you the whole oh, time. Yeah. It's everything you could imagine. Uh I don't know. Are you going to do a bridge drive-by, Jay, once a day just to check in on the club? If it wasn't a 35-minute drive, I would consider uh, it. Hamilton I, 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 I have considered. I have thought about going down there just to kind of check it out and see what's going on and see if everybody is really there. But, yeah, it's it's a – I don't know. That's Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how things go with that. <laughs> I've got a little bit of vacation time coming up later in the week, so uh, I guess tomorrow would be my, my day to do it. Yeah, I, well, don't because I don't want to feel obligated to do it while you're on vacation. No, I'll just FaceTime. I'll just do the uh, Facebook Live, and you can do it. You can watch that okay. way. <laughs> uh, we've got we've got a number of things to get to. Obviously, um, so camp has arrived, as have all the Bengals. Joe Burrow under contract. There he is. The man is here officially. As is hashtag Burrow content flying off the shelves. Bengals fans love Burrow content. I mean, understandably. It's all they've been waiting for for months and months and months. But, like, the, the reaction of that I got just from retweeting the video of, like, here's Joe Burrow in the nine jersey walking out to the field. Like, a 20-second, here's a man walking. I mean, it elicited reactions in people that they shouldn't be comfortable sharing on a public website. And how great was that, too, because you wrote about it in your story last week about what he said and, and why it was important, what each each of his quotes. And just I, I thought that was one of the greatest quotes he had was someone asked him about if if that video and walking out on the practice field for the first time made him feel like he had arrived. And he said, nope, just felt like my first day at work. <laughs> yeah, was, That's exactly was, what just just walking to practice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to get to on the borough, a lot to unpack there. Um, we, you're gonna, we're going to let you hear from him. Uh, I clipped down the 24 minutes uh, to about eight uh, of I thought was some of the better stuff. So you'll be able to hear from Joe Burrow later on in this podcast. Um, we want to talk about opt-outs, uh, which are happening. The Bengals have had a couple of them. Uh, and their defensive line room is thinning. Um, 
so we're going to get to some of that news. You know, we, we want to get into some of the logistics of what is going on in the facility and on the sheets of personnel types trying to figure out how they're going to deal with all the potential contingencies, what it means to quarantine a quarterback, which they will uh, be doing. We want to talk about Joe Mixon, uh, who, in case you haven't heard, you know, if you've never listened to this podcast, uh, is seeking an extension and you can debate whether they should or shouldn't. But um, things appear to be getting closer for a couple of reasons, and we will get into that. Let's... um. Let's start with opt-outs because that's sort of the theme of the moment this week is, well, one, Jay, we don't we don't know when the opt-out deadline is going to be still. We're still waiting on that to come down from the league, and everyone's sort of waiting on that. Um, and until that deadline comes and passes, you just don't know who is going to decide to do it. Right now, Josh Tupo uh, has opted out or as we record right now uh, I think that's going to be official soon um, but he, he will opt out Isaiah Prince offensive uh, tackle who's going to fight for a depth spot uh, has opted out uh, Ryan Glasgow didn't opt out he failed a physical last week and was let go so you have basically your two reserves on the interior defensive line gone uh, you know everyone everyone this is happening across the league. There's been, as we record, 43 opt-outs across the league. Like, it's just – and that's without knowing when the deadline is. You know, Jay, it would seem you would expect there's potentially going to be more, but really, you know, you just kind of sit and wait for that deadline. Yeah, and how uneasy is it for the for not just the Bengals but every team? Because you, you put all this thought and planning into in constructing a roster and yeah injuries can happen at any time and, and kind of blow up your plans but but this is something that is just totally out of your hands where it, a, a guy can just decide last minute that that he's gonna opt out and um, and Duke we talked to Duke Tobin a, a little bit ago um, and he did the Bengals have not made it official yet but he did confirm that Tupo has so that's that, that, that is a, a thin position group and you, you just you, you have to think that they're that they're holding their breath to see if if any more guys opt out and Duke did say that they've they've got some guys that um, that would fall in that high risk category but nobody's nobody's made a decision yet because nobody knows when the deadline is um, that's that's the the key thing uh, First, it was going to be today, and then there, it was floated out that it would be on the eighth, and and then now the Albert Breer, I believe it was, or maybe it was Adam Schefter said it's looking like it, it could be Wednesday. It's just these these teams are left twisting in the wind, not just wondering when the deadline is, but who on their team uh, possibly could opt out, and and defensive tackles far and away on the Athletic we have a list, we have a running list of all team players that have opted out, and I I. I um, put them on a spreadsheet this morning, and there were, there's nine defensive tackles so far that have opted out. And um, Juwan James did today an offensive tackle that he he became the seventh offensive tackle. That's the second most common position. And these these are guys that are over 300 pounds, and and they are at a health risk um, to, to to get the coronavirus. And um, you you just have to wonder uh, two positions where the Bengals really can't afford to lose any more guys. 
uh, are the two positions where most guys are dropping out. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. It's the dynamic of high risk a little bit. You know, guys that are guys that are bigger, and you, you look at that room. I, you know, there's a lot of people that have asked, and, and I've wondered, you know, Geno Atkins um, has the sickle cell trait. Um, that's come up when they've played in Denver before. Sickle cell, actually having sickle cell, um, is a high-risk factor. He doesn't have that. He has the trait, which we've discussed when the Bengals have gone to Denver over the years. Um, so it doesn't necessarily put him in that category. But, you know, he's a guy who's made a lot of money. He's over 30. Uh, he's, his wife, uh, they're about to have their second kid. He's, he's, a, he's a family guy. He's over 300 pounds. A lot of people have wondered about him, and, and we sit and we, we wonder and wait. You know, it's a very personal decision. Um, you know, as far as, as has been seen, been heard, Gino is, is in, the, in the building um, and taking the test. But, you know, you're, there's, when you talk about all those guys up front on the line, um, you just until that deadline passes, I think you just don't know. And so so they'll wait and see and then they'll have to go into the process of figuring out where you go from there. Now, you know, they're clearly now in the business of finding a defensive tackle. Um, some run stopping Tupo like guy um, who can come in and and give you some some depth there. You know, you're thrilled you have DJ Reader. Um but how much are you putting on DJ Reader? Um, you know, assuming DJ Reader decides to play. I mean, all, judging by his active Twitter account, it gets a, you get the feeling he's ready to go. Uh, but you know, you, you you just have to look at it and say they've got to find ways. Now they have the waiver wire. They have the number one waiver claim. Uh, when we talked to Duke, you know, the point is he he made his. You know, we might have picked a bad year to have the number one waiver claim. <laughs> uh, when I can't watch any preseason video or tape of guys that have emerged and then end up getting cut because they played, even though they played well in preseason, you got to kind of go off your college evaluations. Um, and so it it makes it a little tough to fill things that way. Also, as you get closer to the year, you've got to get guys in to go through the protocol, and that takes will take ex- extended amount of time. You know, just a lot of what has to happen. You you want to get it done now, and you want to get it done as soon as possible. So whenever you do start your full practices, you can you can go. And the thing is that there there are some some good free agents, to defensive tackles that are still out there. Guys that you know, Snacks Harrison and Timmy Jernigan. There, so there there are guys out there, but Joe everything. Peco has been mentioned. It, yes, exactly. Um, and, and he is he fits that that run stopping guy, and it's it's weird. You know, I, I think if Marvin was still here, maybe that move might have already happened. But this is a this is a totally different coaching staff that doesn't have that connection to him. The front office is still the same, but you wonder with a guy his age if if you know the, he's more of a fallback that they've they've got you know Plan A, B, and C ahead of him. Um, but yeah, that 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 is the the bright side is that there are some quality guys out there, um, and if someone of Gino's caliber were to opt out there would there would be money available to grab one of those guys yeah so we'll see um you know we'll see what happens um as far as where where they go but you mentioned a few of the guys Pecco is obviously one that hits the heartstrings for Bengals fans who you know watched him grow up and spend a decade here and be one of one of the more beloved players uh on those playoff teams look Pecco's gonna be 36 soon like He's bounced around for a reason, but if you're talking about reserve, minimal snaps, a guy that really wants to go and could be a leader for you, you know his personality. Uh, the idea of him coming back and retiring as a Bengal, I'm sure, is something that would make both sides happy. But 
Um, it's going to be a matter of price and, you know, what the actual best fit is. I think we've, you know, over the years, we've seen a lot of familiarity meaning a lot. Um, but then you look at this past free agency period and there, this was a team really willing to listen to its scouts and trust their evaluations and not it have to be a guy that they know the personality um, necessarily. I mean, you still think that's going to play a role for sure. Um, trust me, if they sign somebody who was in L.A. when Zach Taylor was with the Rams, no one would be surprised for a second. Like, Or Miami, can we sign more people from like the 14 Dolphins? <laughs> you know, So, I mean, you – you, you wouldn't be shocked by that, um, but I, I, I do wonder how that will play out as they look to fill not only the backup three technique, but, you know, the backup defensive tackle and whatever other position potentially ends up cropping out once these opt-outs um, are over with. Um, let's dive into Joe Mixon a little bit here, just because it's a bit, I'll almost call it developing. Um, <laughs> uh We've known where this is stand. I've always sort of thought with this that I and I always feel like I've mentioned Tyler Boyd when discussing Joe Mixon in that Tyler Boyd just said, you know what? I could probably push harder and get a couple more million per year or whatever and really get really grind the Bengals over this. But he said, I'm I feel like this is fair value for me. I'm gonna take it. I'm going to have guaranteed money before I even step foot out there for camp. And he did it last year, and he had a great year, and he's set here for the future. And it it made sense for him. That mattered to him, not haggling over trying to get a little bit more money. I've always felt like it would come to that decision for Joe Mixon, and we may be there um, if you care to judge and read tea leaves, which what else are we doing at this point? What? I mean, we're not, we're not even a, allowed to, to, to read the regular leaves around the stadium. Like we're just stuck sitting on Zooms. So we can't read anything except for what we see Joe Mixon saying. He's got some tough real-world decisions to make with the uh, head-pounding emoji and the uh, thinking bubble. Uh, and Sean Williams replying to that, that he should sign on the dotted line. And then we have Duke Tobin today with us when asked about Joe Mixon in those negotiations, sounding a lot like a guy also telling Joe to sign on the dotted line. Here is Duke Tobin uh, with reporters today. Yeah, um, it's a good question. Uh, Joe's an important part of, of our team, uh, a, a piece that we'd like to get extended and have around here a long time. Typically, our uh, extensions have gotten done during camp uh, at some point. Uh, there are challenges, as you alluded to, uh, with uh, some uncertainty uh, with, a, uh, with uh, the cap uh, this year, next year, and uh, even the year after, and how to structure something that's uh, agreeable to both sides. So there are challenges uh, that, that we'll be working through, and hopefully we'll, we're able to come to an agreement. Uh, time will tell on that, uh, but it's something that, uh, that we're certainly uh, cognizant of and, uh, and want to address. Well, uh, you always take the bird in the hand, and Joe's been a great player for us, and we and we want him around here. We know what he is. Uh, he came in and earned it. Um, I, I think uh, you know he, he came in somewhat under some tough circumstances, and and he showed everybody that uh, uh, he was the player and the person that we believed he is and uh, would become. And he's a guy that that we're proud of. And you know, regardless of what's in the draft next year or what's in free agency, we know that Joe's a piece that we want. And so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll work to see if that can come together. 
and I was just wondering, has your perception or the way you evaluate the running back position, has that evolved over the years or is it because you guys have extended? I, I, I think no matter what the position, if the guy's valuable to you and uh, and helps you win and is an ascending player with a lot of uh, with, with a lot of career ahead of him, I, I think you look to extend him and look to keep him around. And, and so it's less about the uh, positional evaluation and more about the importance of the player and and the person and uh, and uh, so you know he's he's a guy that we'd like to have around. And uh, we're certainly uh, cognizant of the markets and, and, you know, how to, how to take a slice out of your cap and, and how much you should for each position. But uh, it's, uh, uh, he's an important guy that we'd like to have here. Now, I, it's not like I would expect Duke Tobin not to talk up Joe Mixon. He's, he's loved him as a player and for what he's meant, uh, you know, as a, as kind of a, enthusiastic leader in the room for a while it almost felt a little over the top to me you know he's selling it I mean they, they want him they definitely want him and it, it, I thought it was interesting too when when I asked him about you know whether the 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 way his view of the running back position has evolved over the years and and he said they look at the person and the player not the position and they they are all in on on Joe as a player and Joe as a person and what he's proved. He talked about how he came in under difficult circumstances and he's done everything right since he got here. Um, they they clearly want him to be here. They probably can't. They probably need to put that in words more than in dollars, just because of what the running back position is. I'm, I'm sure whatever that offer that's on the table right now is maybe a little lower than what Joe had hoped, and that's why his tweet about I've got these real life big decisions to make. Um, but, but yeah, the, the, the Bengals clearly want Joe to be a, a part of this offense, that part of this team going forward. And so it, it just makes sense that, that Duke would say, uh, you know, everything glowing about him to, to make him feel that from, from, from a verbal standpoint, not just a financial standpoint. I have made this point numerous times considering what is ahead in free agency considering the cap is about to go down next year considering the way people talk about the running back position and considering everything about that if you have any kind of decent offer on the table like the one that Duke Tobin seemed to be talking about they'd be willing to give Joe Mixon you need to sign that if you can get any guaranteed money as a running back in this environment especially when you're not one that's on anybody's top five you may be on the Bengals top five but you're not on anybody else's. You know, if that's the case, you need to sign that and take whatever guarantees you can get and take care of your money. Uh, that's just reality of this current situation. It may not be something that, you know, so much this stuff ends up being about. It's it's about the respect, not the dollars, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the highest paid at my position. I am I am worth more than... I'm better than Christian McCaffrey, right? Like, that's how these guys should think. They're wired to think that way. They're competitive dudes. And if you're Joe Mixon, you think you're just as good as any of these guys, as Derrick Henry or any of these guys that have gotten huge cash. But at some point, you need uh, – Danny Tomlinson said this to me when I wrote the piece on Mixon back in the, in the offseason. He said, you need somebody willing to tell you straight in your camp to tell you you need to take this. Somebody you trust who will shoot you right – 
and say, this is in your best interest. This is as good as it's going to get because these guys will overvalue themselves. They view themselves differently. But it's the job of those close to them to tell them when this is the best they're going to get and let them come to terms with that. Maybe that's where he's at right now. That's speculative. But maybe you're listening to this right now and saying, why am I even listening to this part of the podcast? He's already signed, <laughs> and you've already done a press conference with him. Maybe. I don't know. So let's run past or boot this. Uh, run past or boot, Jay. Joe Mixon, judging by what we've seen and heard, signs an extension with the Bengals this week before the start of the regular season, whenever that is, or not at all. Um, I'm going to run with before the regular season. I, I don't think it'll be this week. I'll pass on this week just because he's he doesn't have a lot of leverage here, but he does have time. He doesn't have to worry about getting out on the field and practicing for two weeks from today before they have the first practice. So it's it's not like he has that risk of, of going out and practicing and getting hurt before getting a deal done. They've, there's still some time there to – to, to maybe go back and forth a couple times and and you know massage some of the the guaranteed money and some of the other incentives um, and and I'll boot not at all it just this feels imminent um, it, it, and it makes too much sense for both sides um, you, you talked about you need someone in your camp uh, Bengals Twitter's probably out there sending Joe Mixon tweets of uh, Steve Miller's take the money and run song because it just <laughs> it, it just makes too much sense it's it if, if he doesn't sign, he's not a guy that's going to hold out and and this is that's the other thing there, the the whole variable on this is is the virus what if the nuclear option happens not option but the the nuclear scenario happens and, and this thing goes crazy and there's no league there's no season and now Joe's not getting paid this year, and he goes into next year in the same situation again. Um, just, yeah, it may not be you're not going to be a top five running back uh, paid in this league with what, what the Bengals are offering, but it, there's going to be a whole lot of guaranteed money there, and running back is what it is right now. Take it and run. Well, you hope there's a whole lot of guaranteed money there, and maybe that's right. part of the holdup is, is how much is there or isn't there. We don't, you know, that's negotiations that they're doing behind closed doors. We'll see what comes of it. I, I will I will run with this week. Hmm. I just feel like I just feel like it's going to happen, and I feel like so, I feel like somebody will tell Mixon and Mixon will realize, I, look, it's it's real money. It's it's money and it's money in the pockets, and I need to take that. And and the Bengals will be willing to adjust whatever his concerns are to try to make it happen. I am gonna pass on not at all and boot before the season starts because I feel like it's you either make the decision that you're okay with this or you're just willing to play into the year. If you're gonna go out there and do the acclimation period and the full practices, that's when you're taking on the risk. Everybody watched AJ Green day one last year it takes one day that's basically a glorified walkthrough to rip your leg in half okay so if you I don't know how you could sit there on a team that was in Dayton a player that was in Dayton last year on that god-awful turf and saw AJ Green go down and it ruined his whole contract situation and that he's been dealing with for ever since and not say I need to just make this decision before I step foot on any field you should that's when you should do it. I referenced Tyler Boyd. Get it in the pocket and then go practice. Because the second you step on that field, you can hurt yourself um, and jeopardize it all. So 
I uh, that's that's my that's my my two cents on Joe Mixon making much more than two cents. That's not even going into because I'm not going to because we've done it a million times. Whether the Bengals should or should not be doing this, read all our stories, listen to all the old podcasts. It's all there. One other um, thing where people may be wondering, I just because I looked this up, um, it, it, the the option of doing what they did with AJ and using the franchise tag, that's not going to happen. The, the the average of the top five running backs is thirteen point nine million. They're, the Bengals are not going to pay Joe Mixon thirteen point nine million for one season. For one season. Um, you you do have the the transition tag option where that would be ten point three, but even that seems steep. And that then if 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 you go the transition tag route, uh, he has the right to negotiate with other teams if another team matches, and you you don't the Bengals don't counter. The Bengals get nothing. At least with the franchise tag, you get two first round picks if another team swoops in yeah, and, and matches. So <laughs> so the the tag thing, if, if people are wondering, I know some people aren't quite up to speed on, on how all that works. That is not one of the options. Um but I, I just I don't know. I I, I could see it happening this week because it feels like it's moving that way, but the 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 not at all, I'm just I'm gonna boot that because it, it just feels like it is gonna happen at some point. Even if it's next year. You're telling me you couldn't see Joe Mixon sitting on a Zoom with us saying, I'm betting on myself. Bet that. No cap. <laughs> right? Like, that's – I can hear it in my ears. I'm betting on myself. No cap. Like, that's – or tweeting that or whatever. Like, Joe is – Well, like you said, he saw what happened to AJ. That would be not a wise decision. You never, you never quite know. All right, before, real quick, before we talk about Joe Burrow, I want to talk to you about Fubo.tv, way to watch all kinds of games in local TV. And they have a family plan where three people can watch at once. Your standard base plan has two screens at once. You can get a seven-day free trial, 30 hours of DVR. You get local broadcasts. You're trying to cut the cord, all that stuff. This is the way to do it. It's tough times for a lot of folks, but if you want to save money, $50 is more affordable than other cable providers. NBC Sports is included on the national feed. So with the Premier League, if you want to have that as they go into the future, Fubo.tv will not disappoint. You stay updated on your favorite leagues as well as your local broadcast news. So go to Fubo.tv today and start your free seven-day trial. You won't regret it. It's Fubo.tv. Start your free trial today. All right. Bengals starting their free trial. It's not free at all, is it? No, not Burrow. at all. <laughs> <laughs> their uh, $23 million bonus, $36 million total trial. Uh which will be a bad deal for local TV, but a good deal for Joe Burrow. Uh, and he is signed, and he's in the building, and he is walking around and doing walkthroughs and talking to media on Zoom. Thank you for that. It's nice to talk to an actual player. What was your – I'll just start here. I'll just open it up very broadly to you, Jay. What was your uh, – any takeaways from uh, Joe Burrow signing an introduction thing? Uh, yeah, there was a few. I, I really thought when you asked him about building chemistry with the receivers, I thought he was really good on that. How it was, it was a little bit of, uh, a little bit of tech talk, but he, he talked about how, how he talks things out with the receivers after every throw. And, you know, if it's on their front hip, this, if it's on your back hip, this, if the, or if, if the, if the corners on your, the defenders on your back hip, if it's on, if he's on your front hip, it was, it was really interesting, and I, I liked how you asked him about the 
you know, how much of that can do you just you can only solve in games? And he said, no, you can do all of it in practice. He's he he's all he's doing everything he can to dispel the fact that there are any excuses. This this whole lost off season, he's he's not leaning on that at all. He admitted it it was different and and a little bit difficult, but he's not going to make any excuses. He he they they are ready. He is ready. To, to move forward and I thought it was interesting too not interesting but I just thought it was different that you know the these guys so often try to play cool and yeah it's no big deal and all that and and he talked about how jacked up he was in that first walkthrough and was probably throwing the ball harder than he should have been it's just um you know Andy was great with the media it, it feels like Joe is going to be the same way he, he's just so relaxed and we saw that at the combine when he walked up there grabbed a chair sat down and held court he's just he's so smooth he's so confident he just feels so at home uh in front of the microphone it was it was it it was interesting to see and it was it was overdue I mean we hadn't heard from him since draft night and uh so what what's that three months worth of uh of silence and and finally got to a chance to to hear from him for for 25 minutes and he's been going through a lot over those three months. I mean, we've been well documented. Yeah. We've written about, you know, all the Zooms and trying to, you know, this whole trial by fire. And they just keep putting stuff on him and putting stuff on him. And he keeps handling it. Um, and they've, you know, as a staff, um, they just feel really good about where he's at mentally and his ability to take this on. And it, you know, I feel like that's the question I hear most, whether from fans or when you read national stuff. You know, the standard uninformed national takes. It's a lot of how is Joe Burrow going to be ready to play? And the answer is, you know, yeah, it's going to be a huge obstacle and it's a big part of this. But, you know, they feel like that's a big part of the reason they took him where they did and felt he was just slam dunk pick like he was because he's a guy who's a coach's son who has a very rare understanding of this game at a young age and you know, proved that in the way he was able to play last year at LSU and dove in headfirst into owning it uh, throughout this offseason program. And, and they expect him to, to do a lot over this next month to get ready too. And is he going to come in and be great right away? I would not anticipate that. But, you know, that I, they, they feel pretty um, happy with how he's uh, going to be ready to hit the ground running and be playing at a pretty high level pretty fast. So – you know, time will tell, I guess, in that. Um, but it's not really, you know, it's, while it's a concern and something that they're working through, I just think they're so busy being really impressed with Joe Burrow that's kind of out of their standard train of thought anymore. And that's just the way it is and the effect that he's had. Yeah, you know, everybody has to adapt to, to what we're doing right now. And the teams that are going to win the most are the teams that adapted the best to the situation that we're in. Um, so I feel like I've done a, a fairly well j- are fairly good job at, at adapting to the to the situation, but I guess we'll find out when we'll see on Sundays how many wins we have. Yeah, it, may, it makes you feel good for sure, um, but I'm I'm gonna have to continue to to do my job, and if I don't play well, all that goes out of the window. So that's the one thing that I'm focused on right now is just playing really really well and doing my job. Yeah, we got together a couple weeks ago with with a lot of different guys. Um, and then, you know, we're out here doing strength and conditioning and throwing with the receivers. Now it's just the rookies in. Um, and then next week, the, vet, the vets get back in. Yeah, it's very important. 
you know, you always have to have great timing with your guys and understanding how they want run certain routes, all the nuances of their body language when they run every single route. Yeah, it's a little of both. You know, we're um, the coaches are are developing and understanding of what I like, and I'm also adapting to the things that they like, and we're going to put it together and make it work. Um, you know, I have full faith in in Coach Taylor and. Um, Brian and, and pitch to, to give me the best game plan to, to be successful on Sundays. Joe, how would you compare learning the Bengals playbook to other plays, playbooks you've had to learn in the past, whether it be LSU, Ohio State, just the process of learning it? Football is football. You know, it's all, it's all the same, basically. Everybody steals plays from other teams, and, you know, there's a couple new plays here and there, and, you know, every coach just has their own way of verbalizing things and reading certain um, concepts. So it's just, it's just adapting to the new language and, and the few new concepts that you see. Joe, you're saying you've been in town here for a couple of weeks. What's it been like running into people around town as they see you here for the first time? Fans are obviously uh, a little uh, intense about their love for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I haven't really been out of my house yet. First time I stepped, I went, I went out to eat, you know, last Friday and a couple of people recognized me, but other than that, I, I really haven't been out of the house. Is it odd knowing that you're just showing up for your first professional days of work and people view you as like a savior of the franchise? I mean, is that an uncomfortable feeling to have? You know, I try not to pay attention to all that stuff. You know, my job is, is here to be the best I can today and continue to get better every single day. Um, so I'm just, that's all I'm focused on right now. I let, I let everybody else do all that talking. Joe, how do you specifically try to build chemistry with receivers? Do you, are there conversations you like to have? Are there drills you like to do? Or how do you, how's your approach to, to doing that? You know, it's really just a back and forth. Say you're, you're throwing individual routes and you, know, you, make it, you either complete it or you don't. And then you come back and you talk about it. Hey, how did it feel? Um, did you like where the ball was? Did you, you know, I felt like it was a little, short I you know I think I could get the ball out a little earlier it's just just stuff like that it's a continuous dialogue between wide receiver and quarterback that that starts that how much how much of that can only really be figured out in a game you know I mean how much of that can you do in practice and how much of that is stuff that really you just learn more just by being in game reps you can do it all in practice you know you you simulate certain you know, I always talk about in, in individual routes, hey, imagine the defender, let's, he's trailing you, he's on your back hip, that means the ball is going to be um, over your shoulder, or hey, he's on your front, your front hip, so flatten this one out, it's going to be put on your face. So I, I do that kind of talking um, in, the, in the individual routes just so they can visualize what they're seeing. Joe, you mentioned marketing a couple of times. What, what has that process been like of so many people who want to, you know, be in that business with you? What's your approach been like? Have you found it to be fun at all or, or more kind of a taxing thing? Um, I mean, it's business. You know, I got a, I have a great marketing agency that, you know, sifts through all the requests for me. And, um, you know, I have some great partnerships right now and we'll have some more in the future, but I'm trying to limit it. Uh, as much as I can this first year and just focus on ball. How many requests are there? Do you have any idea what that number would be? <laughs> no, they don't. I tell them to, they know which ones to filter out for me. So I only get, I only get the, <laughs> the big ones. There we go. Joe, earlier this offseason, it sounded like um, you've been pretty vocal about, you know, issues regarding social justice 
and things of that nature. I mean, why has that been something that's important to you? And I mean, do you feel like that's part of your responsibility as well as a quarterback to be vocal about some of these topics? Yeah, you know, I think people in our position have platforms to do a lot of good. Um, and when there's people being marginalized or, or dis injustices happening, I think it's, it's great for people um, in the spotlight to, to help those kind of people. And, you know, I've done what I can. It's, it's tough when you're a rookie and you want to focus on ball, but you also, I think, have a responsibility to help as many people as you can. Um, I'll say from a maturity standpoint, we always hear people talk about, oh, he's so mature and you're so mature. You know what's mature? Saying, I'm not spending money. any of that contract money. I'm just going to put it in the bank and I'm going to live off the endorsements. Now, not all of us have those options. Some of us have to just run up credit card debt in our 20s. <laughs> but that's that's not something you hear a lot of NFL players say right after they sign their first contract. It's usually about what they're going to go buy and the expensive purchases they're going to make. Or in the case when we're around, we usually see the things that they went and bought that they're parked in some spots or the purchases they've made because they're bragging about them or whatever. Now, maybe Joe Burrow still does that because he's going to have a lot of endorsement money, it appears. When he, What I love about that is he's just like, yeah, I just, uh, I just tell my people just to just show me the good ones. <laughs> just don't, I, don't even, I don't want those the little ones. Don't even tell me about them. Like, if you were you – know, unfortunate – sorry, little guy. Sorry, little local guy who was hoping to get an endorsement for Joe Burrow. It never even showed up in front of his eyes. His people filtered that out. Like, if you're, if you're not, like, Anheuser-Busch or something, apparently, like, it's just not – you're not going to end up like Moustakis on that Sweeney commercial. <laughs> Which is a shame. I'm the new guy in town. Maybe you will. Maybe, maybe, maybe that'll be it. Sweeney will land – Joe Burrow and Mike Moustakis. Who knew? Um, I, I think it's going to have to go bigger than that. Um, anyway, that I thought that was that type of stuff. Examples of maturity. Not saying a guy is mature. I, I that was something that I uh, took away from the conversation. Yeah, his his comment about just show me the big ones. Uh, my mind immediately went to optimistic Bobby. I mean, oh. th- they're big in Cincinnati, but they're not big nationwide. And and. Uh, yeah, going back to that conversation you had with him on a, a podcast earlier this summer, I just I really hope that they can find a way to to get something done there where you know proceeds of of some sort of Joe Burrow themed beer would would go to the Athens Food Pantry. It just it seems like the perfect connection, and um, I, I I hope you know Joe reconsiders that that he just wants to hear about the big ones. Come on, Joe, take care of the little guy. Shop local. oh man uh so but as as we go forward now as far as the joe burrow watch right now it's uh walkthroughs you know the logistic and this is something we need to get into anyway the logistics of what is happening right now what's going to be happening over the next two weeks because right now we're in this two-week window uh tomorrow the team is going to make sure they're at 80 um because that way they can do their full squad workouts together if you don't get to 80 like uh, you have to split them up or you keep the rookies and the guys that showed up early or separate, and that's obviously not something the Bengals would have interest in doing because they need Joe Burrow to work with the veterans, um, amongst other guys. So they're going to get down to 80 uh, on Tuesday, and at that point there's a couple of weeks of 60. You, each day basically you get 60 minutes in the weight room, 60 minutes uh, walk through, um, 
and 60 minutes conditioning. And then any meetings are done over Zoom, um, whether players are at home or they're separate. They've got the whole – the stadium is broken out to all these different spaces uh, trying to separate position groups. Um, so they're going to be, for the next two weeks, doing some version of that. There will be maybe – you know, maybe you end up with some shells next week uh, doing some work, but for the most part, lighter stuff. Then on the week of August 16th is when real practice begins, pads on, 14 padded practices in the lead-up to the opener, they hope. But we'll see, you know, what comes of tests. You know, not, not much issue incoming for all the Bengals that came in COVID-19-wise. Um, a, a smattering. But for the most part, they appear to come in without much trouble. But it's going to be a matter of guys regulating and not having any issues, not only here, but league-wide. And um, we'll see what kind of guys and self-policing they have in this locker room. Yeah, because we've seen it go off the rails in baseball. It just takes one or two guys to, to go out and go to a nightclub or a casino or do anything like that, any kind of large gathering. And once once one of them has it, especially, I mean, look how fast it's spread within a, a clubhouse in baseball. In football, it's going to tear through there like wildfire. So it, it, it as bad as that situation in baseball has been, it's it's been a giant red flag for football. And, you know, I do wonder if – I asked Duke about this today, whether they would they would be policing these guys more. Are they going to have spies at bars around town? And um, he, he said he doesn't think they have guys that need to be policed. He, he thinks that they're going to be mature enough and, and they're going to do the right thing. But again, 79 out of 80 do it, one doesn't, and it, it can be a disaster. So that's they're, they're just everyone's going to be uneasy about that just hoping that you 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 know you're going to have positive tests but just hoping that it's it's not something that that spreads and decimates a position group or or even if it's not one position group but just a whole bunch of guys because they're already so far behind you have a chunk of guys missing what would probably be at least five to seven days uh in this short run up to the season that that, that's going to be devastating i mean the fallout from what could happen if you know they take their last test of the week on a Friday, and your result talk about nervous twenty four hours waiting for those results yes. to come back. Who are we going to be without you? Practiced all week looking for this group because then it's not just one test, positive test because the contact tracing they can look at all the people that were connected. They're all out now. That's how you wipe out a room. And then you've got to figure out, you got to pull those guys off the practice squad. You can't really pull guys off of the street because you can't get them through the protocol fast enough to play. So your 16-man practice squad, of six of which now can be just veterans. I mean, you could have a 30. You could, Domitop Peko could be on your six-man practice squad of fully eligible players. But you've got to have those guys. You know, that's where it's going to have to come from. If You, you know, that's the disaster that can happen if that if the virus gets into your building and especially if it shows up late in the week it's just awful which leads us to quarantining quarterbacks the one position where you can't don't feel like you can just bring somebody in and get it going is that position so they signed Brandon Allen um, they also signed Tristan Viscaino which I think falls under the same idea uh, a kicker that you would have here in-house on your practice squad Ready to be come, ready to come up, and not to go through protocols in case a position that you know 
You just can't. Nobody else. Is it, Ocho Cinco isn't on the club. You can't trot him out to come kick again. Uh, although he'd love to be. Maybe they, maybe that, maybe they, you know, we might get to a point this season where they're signing Ocho Cinco to come join the practice squad just to be a backup kicker. We may be there. Uh, at one point, Duke made a joke about, you know, yeah, well, it, it, at a certain point, you just need a coach to go out there and play quarterback if you're not going to even be out there practicing at all. And I thought, well, is Duke petitioning to play, get some NFL quarterback snaps finally? Zach Taylor? You know, they've got enough quarterbacks pitch, played some Pitcher, quarterback. Yeah. I mean, but I hope it doesn't come to that, which is why Brandon Allen is here. We'll see exactly how this plays out, but the impression I get on the quarantine quarterback with Brandon Allen would be he essentially would be separate from the quarter, other three quarterbacks in the room always. Um, now, exactly what that looks like. Practice? What form of practice? Is there a separate practice for him to go out there and throw? What is that? But he's in all the Zoom meetings, so he knows the system. He's learning everything as he goes. A guy who Zach Taylor has familiar with, familiarity with, and he played a little bit last year. So in a pinch, quarterback room wiped out, right? All three guys come down with the virus. They can pull him in because he's not been in contact with any of these people or anybody that could, he could have come in contact with on through contact tracing or whatever. And he knows the system enough to give them a chance. To me, that so for those that have asked what quarantine quarterbacks is, I think that is probably the basis of what it's going to end up looking like. Yeah, and you're right that with the Tristan Vizcaino thing. In the past, they've like last training camp he was here, and he was here as a, a way to to give Randy Bullock some rest and and not have him kicking every single day uh, and, and taking some of that pressure off. That's that's not why he's here this year. He's here in case of worst case scenario, and the same goes. For Dan Godsell, a lot of Bengals fans may not even know who Dan Godsell is, but he is a backup long snapper that has zero percent chance of making this team. But when they when they get down to eighty, which Duke said they they, they have to do it by tomorrow, they, they they may even have some moves coming today to get to eighty. Um, he's going to stick around because for the same reason. You if anything were to happen to Clark Harris, they I guess C J Uzama would be the the backup long snapper, and that's that's probably not an ideal situation. So. Uh, Dan Godsell is going to stick around at least through through camp, but just in the in the event that the, the worst case happens at a position where you don't have anybody that can back you up. Quarterback Zach Taylor in Week 14. Back Feel up Brian now. Callahan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think they'll have to have like a like a throw off to see who's the who's the coach most ready to take over take some snaps. Get a little extra cash, man. Get some player bonus. Get that get that one week player bonus. Just throw everybody for a loop and just make it Zach and run the option like you did at Nebraska. He'll know the offense, right? That's right. If it's Nobody just else about will. knowing the offense, get him out there <laughs> making the right checks. Go old school like player manager. It's a Cincinnati tradition. Yeah, Pete Rose. Pete Rose, player manager. Quarterback coach. Not quarterback coach, quarterback slash coach. I like it. We're on to something. First question of the next Zach Taylor Zoom. Do you anticipate being a quarterback slash coach at any point this year? <laughs> Are you open to this? I like it. Um, as far as things go, the uh, rest of this week, we'll, we'll have some more Zooms. Um, so keep it locked to the athletic uh, we'll be we'll have plenty of stories coming off of that stuff and some other work we're doing on in the background. Obviously, uh, lots of stuff up now. Jay's got a mailbag up. Um, 
answering a lot of the questions that we asked for last week and that we answered some on the podcast. You can go check that out. We have a bevy of content up from last week uh, where we were we had all kinds of stuff, including reactions to Joe Burrow, some of the stuff that he said and why it mattered, um, amongst other things. So we're, we're, we're going to start getting a lot more access to players now as they're in the building. So we'll have a lot more to be able to bring you as training camp sort of kind of camp. Uh, has started but then definitely in a couple of weeks we'll have a little bit more taking you inside what is actually going on in these practices uh, when we're allowed inside of there for now though we're just 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 a couple of people on the wrong side of the fence on the bridge on the bridge fill the bridge hashtag fill the bridge if you want to get on get on board let's go like you know how they do those tweet you do tweet ups i don't know if people do tweet ups anymore tweet ups is a thing for a while how about we do a fill the bridge tweet up we should. We invite, well, socially distant, which is hard to socially distance on the bridge. Yes, it is. And, or hear us from uh, six feet away. So I take it back. We won't do a tweet up. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea of, of a few people coming out to meet us on the bridge. Uh, just keep your distance, wear your mask. Uh, anyway, uh, if you have a chance, we have free trials going on. We also still have 40% off. Click through any of the links, any of our stories, this podcast, uh, and you can get 40% off a year subscription. It's one of the best deals we do all year. So if you're listening to this and thinking, I, I want to read all that, um, you can do it now. Uh, so I hope everybody will keep it locked in. We will, of course, be back next week. And uh, look forward to talking to you then. So you have been listening to Hear That Podcast Ground. We'll talk to you next time, everybody.